I'm Christine Chicanu, and this is Wandering Hippie Podcast. If you're new here, thanks for joining us, and I hope you enjoy this episode as much as I enjoyed recording it. So, to get some stuff out of the way, if you like the show and you want me to continue doing this show, please give it a rating, give it a review, subscribe, send it to your friends, share it with the fam, all that good stuff. Um, It really helps us out. And if you or you know somebody who wants to be a guest for an upcoming episode, have them send me a DM at Christine Chicanu on Instagram. That's C-H-R-I-S-T-I-N-E-C-I-U-C-A-N-U. Or an email at ChristineChicanu at gmail.com. Okay, enough of that. Um, so this week I am talking with... A new friend. She's a new friend in my life, and her name is Darby. She's telling us about her backpacking experience through Europe, and this was her first time backpacking, first time really traveling. So there's a lot of insight for newbie travelers, as well as just someone who wants to go on a backpacking journey. So let's get into it. I'm Darby Colwick. Um, I'm currently based in Nashville. Um, I was born and raised here, and I've lived in New York for the past four and a half years. And today, I'm going to be talking to you all about my 2018 solo backpacking trip across Europe. Um, Yeah, and thank you, Christine, for having me. Yeah, thank you for joining me. I am so excited because I have never backpacked, but I I totally want to. I think that every traveler is like, oh, I want to backpack Europe or I want to backpack South America. So, but I think also it's super intimidating if you don't know someone who's done it to uh-huh. be like, I don't even know where to start. Like, I don't know what to bring. How do you live out of a backpack? So, um, Darby's here to tell us all about it <laughs> um, and help us all out because I need the tips too. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I was in that exact same boat. I was, how old was I? I guess I was 20 at the time. Yeah, I was 20 at the time, and I didn't know a single person abroad. I didn't know a single person who had done a solo backpacking trip. I, you know, was at a really tough crossroads. I was in school, very stressed, very confused with my life, and I was like, you know what? I'm just going to stop for a second and just do something that scares the shit out of me and just do it because, like, fear is just in your head. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? Um, So, yeah, I impulsively decided to do this and bought a ticket for $500, I think, Um, direct flight from New York to London, and... um, yeah, that's kind of where I started and then wove my way back to London after everything. Um, yeah, it was, I don't think if I, like, looking back, I'm like, oh my God, what, what did I do? Like, I really just <laughs> did that. Like, I, I, even sometimes I'm like, oh my God, you really did that. And so whenever I'm having like a, like I'm being tough on myself, I'm like, no, you can do it. Like, you mm-hmm. did that. Like, you can do it. I mean, and, anybody like listening can do it too. Like it's really, I guess kind of what I want to share with everybody today is that like, 
it's not it's not as difficult as maybe you think and it's it it's really fun too so like do it um yeah should I just like hop in yeah do you want to just kind of start off and say like what you packed like what yeah just break it down tell us what you needed maybe stuff that you like regretted taking or were like totally mandatory take this Okay, so I packed one, like, hiking backpack from REI, um, and that was all I took. I took another backpack inside the backpack that I would take out and use for day trips and, like, things like that. Um, The most important thing that you need to pack are locks, like, little swiss army locks um i locked all of my belongings um with those little locks and yeah it was just those are super necessary especially if you're staying in hostels like i did um just to like keep your stuff stuff in your bag and keep it safe like just in case you have any valuables i didn't really have any valuables but i mean i still didn't want people going through my stuff you know what i mean um also i would highly recommend bringing a travel towel because most um hostels and stuff do not provide towels um so if you do need to shower um definitely bring a travel towel and I'm not talking about like don't bring your house towel because that will take up way too much space in your backpack but take a um microfiber towel you can buy them at like REI um I'm not gonna say you can buy them on Amazon because we just really need to stop buying from Amazon, sure, but yeah. <laughs> that's another issue. Preach that. <laughs> um, yeah, so try to buy them from, you know, hiking stores and things like that if you can. Um, yeah, I also highly recommend bringing bandages that you can put on the back of your, like, the heel of your feet um, because I found that my hiking shoes after walking and walking and walking, um, your skin just like you you start to blister. It gets really bad. So just bring those, I think. And, um, packing cubes. If you can find packing cubes, those are great. And they help you organize like, okay, I really only need four pair of underwear. Like that's it. You don't get to bring any more than that. Like just kind of, yeah. I mean, I think what this taught me is like, I'm a very cluttered person actually. Um, and I think what this helped me do was realize that a lot of the things that we have in our life are totally unnecessary. Mm -hmm. Um, and so I ended up basically wearing the same things every day, like day in, day out. I had probably, I was gone for a total of 28 days, so about a month, and I packed four shirts, four, like, pairs of either shorts or, like, hiking pants, and I wore this stuff to everything. I wore this stuff to, like, dinners with people that I'd never met, like, nice dinners with people I'd never met, and um, even clubs, so I just, like, kind of gave into the fact that like nothing really matters and like (laughs) screw fashion because like I'm just here to have a good time yeah um so my question is how did you do like laundry how did you clean your clothes yes so 
some hostels that I stayed at had laundry facilities, but most of them did not. Mm -hmm. So I actually brought laundry detergent with me and I would wash stuff in the sink at night and then hang it out to dry while I was sleeping. Yeah. Yeah, doing it. <laughs> I I think anywhere you travel, you kind of are like, oh, I need to wash underwear or something random. <laughs> and seriously, just old school, use it in the sink. It's super easy. I, I mean, I think people are getting in the habit of now, mm-hmm. like, washing masks all the time. So they yes. like, will just wash their masks in the sink the night before they need or whatever. At least I do. <laughs> wash your masks, people. If you don't, you have reusable masks. Yeah. Um, yeah, so that probably also... Let's, I don't know. I think washing clothes by hands is so easy when you only have so It's little. so fulfilling, too. <laughs> I found it so fulfilling. I mean, seriously, like, t- like, using your own labor to wash your own clothes, straight serotonin <laughs> to the brain. Like, I'm telling you, like, you are so connected to, like, your being at that moment I think there's something just so beautiful about it and it was actually one of my favorite things I did while traveling was just like being like living with such it's living in such close proximity to what you own um and realizing like oh this is important like Mm -hmm. these shitty pair of underwear that you think are shitty like oh no they're not because they're like saving your ass yes yeah (laughs) you know So, yeah, it was a very, um, like, humbling experience in terms of just getting to know what you can do with just yourself. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I I traveled alone. I guess I did say that earlier, didn't I? But, like, (laughs) Yeah. um, yeah, so, I mean, I guess venturing out on my own was something that I always have wanted to do. And, um it was really cool because I got to meet people along the way. I think like if I had had a friend that I already knew in the trip, then I like wouldn't, I wouldn't have made the connections that I ended up making. Um, and like people would just kind of take me under their wing. Like I met a family in Florence and, um, you know, talked to their son and like, then they invited me to dinner and it was just like super crazy and random. And, um, like allowing, I think it's solo traveling, I think is all about allowing yourself to be authentically who you are and just like socialize Mm -hmm. as you are. Um, I think that's the, like, if I can give any advice is just to, you know, be safe, especially, you know, if you're, you know, unfortunately in this world, if you are a woman or identify as a woman, it's, it can be very, um, it can be dangerous. I will say that I, (laughs) I felt completely safe. Like, I don't know if it was, I was young enough to be super naive or I actually was genuinely safe. Um, I've said this, excuse me, to many people, but like, I felt more safe walking like the streets of Paris or the streets of Venice than I ever have like walking in America and I, I compare think that something... yeah all the time because uh-huh. everyone I was just in Mexico City for the second time and everyone is always like you have to be so careful like so and of course you have to be careful everywhere you mm-hmm. go but I honestly like 
in comparison to New York. Like, I felt safer being in Mexico City than in New York walking on the streets just because I do stick out and I think people are less, like, likely to catcall or stuff like that. Like, in New York, it's always, like, bam, bam, bam. Like, you get, like, you'll go in some areas and you'll just get catcalled so much. And that makes you feel unsafe. That totally, like, you're, like, just that simple act. So, yes, I think it's, like, you have to take the correct amount of caution everywhere that you go and just be aware so not saying like oh like if you go to Paris like let your guard down like no way not saying that (laughs) but um, just in perspective just because it's something you're not used to doesn't mean that it's automatically like unsafe so exactly I agree with you (laughs) yeah no that's it's so true and you know um just like traveling yeah, like you were saying, like, it's kind of like people could tell a little bit that I, I stuck out or, or I was like, you know, traveling or different, you know, from the people around me. So I think they kind of like, respected that to a certain extent. But like you were saying, like, I mean, and I even look back on some of the stuff that I did on my trip. And I was like, Oh, that's a little, that's a little risky. Love, like you really, you did that. Like, okay. Like, I, um, yeah, so I guess I should tell everybody, like, my itinerary of, like, where I went and... Yeah, however you want to kind of, if you want to say, like, all right, let's start in London and then talk about London or just, like, do a general overview and get into it, whatever you want and yeah. you think will be easier to organize in your head, go for it. <laughs> I'm just along for the ride. <laughs> cool. Yeah, so I started in London and I spent about four days in London, I would say. I... Also, I should preface that this was the first time I had been to Europe at all, or any other continent for that matter. So this was the first time traveling um, solo, first time traveling overseas, and everything. So I just kind of ripped the band-aid off pretty quick. Um, So I started in London, and then I went to Paris, and then I went to Florence and I took a day trip to Venice and then I traveled back up to Berlin and then I traveled through Belgium and then to Amsterdam and then back to London. So that was kind of the route that I took. And the reason I took that route also shouts out to the train system. Oh my gosh. Wow. We are so behind in America that is it's beyond me like I don't know it the it's so easy to get everywhere you need to go over there so really I like the Euro rail saved me like I if if I didn't have the Euro rail I would have never done this trip <laughs> I know that there's okay so you used the train system more because I know there's also like a bus system that goes throughout Europe too like I don't know if it used to be called Flixbus I don't know if it's changed the name or something yes. but that's what I know too I did use Flixbus from where did I use I used Flixbus to travel from Florence to Berlin so that is the only time I didn't use the train. Um, and also, I guess I should mention that I bought a Eurorail pass mm-hmm. 
And I used that and it was a discounted price because I was a student. And I think also in Europe, they're really good about giving um, discounts to people who are under 25. You just have to look for them. Um, they're listed as concession prices in London specifically, and they vary place to place. Um, but because of that, I did find it pretty easy. You know, I did save up a lot of money. I was working at a restaurant in New York at the time and put a lot of money aside to take this trip, but, um, I still kept it in a very like small budget and, you know, I wanted to spend my money on going to museums and going to things like that. So, um, definitely look into the Eurorail pass if this is something you're interested in doing and, um, yeah, those discounted prices. Do you remember so, how much it cost for like the discounted? Oh my gosh, I, know. I know it's been a while. <laughs> if you don't, I that's know. Okay. I'm like, I it's probably. I think I ended up spending about five hundred dollars on the Eurorail pass. I could be that. That's from what what my memory was. What my memory is of the <laughs> three years ago or four years ago. 2020 didn't count, but yeah, <laughs> like I don't count that as a year. So don't um, don't take our words for it. We don't remember prices of anything. Yeah, <laughs> I don't yeah, know what really, the, yeah. but I know that I last time I looked like at the Flixbus thing, it's pretty cheap too to get you mm-hmm. know even like a round trip from Paris to Amsterdam. I think I was looking into it and I was like, oh, like thirty bucks or something, which is like insane in comparison to flying. Um, well. And I think it also just, like, comes down to a culture thing of, like, they encourage their their young folks to travel. Like, I, I don't know. I mean, I grew up in the South, and, I mean, when I told my parents that I was doing this, you know, it was just, like, you're doing – you're what? Do you have a death wish? Like, what is <laughs> – what are you doing? You know, yeah, you just I don't go anywhere. I think it's also and, so different because in Europe you're so close to every other country so it's like oh my family we took a weekend trip like <laughs> to Germany because we were co- you know so it's just easier where if you're in the middle of like the continental U.S. Yeah. it's not like you can easily hop over to Canada which I did when I was growing up because I'm in Michigan is where I grew up but for a lot of people <laughs> that's not like um a common thing where i think all of my european friends are like yeah easy <laughs> like we go all over the place like i've traveled to all the countries yeah no lit- they've seen it all and like they really are just they're open to it you know what i mm-hmm. mean um yeah so then after london you know obviously go to the globe like if you're in london you have to go see shakespeare at the globe i mean it's I'm an actor, so that was, like, the best part of my trip, but, you know. Like, Starting it out strong, too. Yeah, so I, I can't first. plug it enough. It's, like, fantastic entertainment. And also, again, very cheap. You can get, like, a five-pound ticket. Um, what else to do in London? One question before you, yeah. while you're thinking about that, too. Um, what did you do for money, for currency? Is everything euro? Did Could you use euro everywhere? Because I know London uses pound. Like, what yeah. kind of was the deal? Yeah, so I used pounds in London, obviously, and then everywhere else I converted to euros. Um, and I found that 
yeah, it was it was difficult to do the the calculation and like kind of figure out how much I was spending. But thankfully, at the time, um, like I think the dollar was it was in it was in my favor somehow with mm-hmm. like the euro was you know what I mean. I do. <laughs> Anyways, and so the dollar like, was worth more than the euro, right? Right, that the dollar was worth more than the euro so I ended up like saving money that way in a way um but yeah so I kept cash on me um I kept around like 50 euros at a time and like you can go you can go to banks over there that are like sister banks of your bank in America so definitely if you are traveling make sure you find what your sister bank is in um in other in the other countries that you're traveling to um because then you can use their ATM just like you would in America which is what I did and I also got a um Bank of America travel rewards card plug Bank of America here, I guess. <laughs> like, um, and so what was cool about that is, like, I could just get points back, and it was actually the first time I opened a credit card. So, I I would spend money on the credit card and then pay it off. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, so I did I did use the credit card a little bit, but I tried to pay cash as much as I could. Um. Yeah, the currency was kind of challenging, but... So did you mostly, like, exchange money at the ATM of your sister bank, or did you do it at the airports because they do exchange? Like, what did you find? What did you do? That was kind of pretty easy. I I would go... Definitely don't go to the, like... You'll you'll notice them. They're, like, stereotypically tourist, and they have you know, people that are trying to get you to exchange your money. They're they're like overly eager. Okay. It's just (laughs) weird. So don't go to that. You're going to get ripped off Mm -hmm. and they're going to give you a bad rate. Um, also now that I remember, (laughs) I remembered I got, I, I transferred my money over in the States before I left. Okay. So you can actually go to your bank and request that you need to do that I would say I was cutting it close and I did it a couple of weeks until the trip, but I would go a couple of, like, I would go at least a month out. Um, just, you know, request the amount you want in whichever currency and then, um, they can, you can just come prepared with that. Now, keep in mind, you're carrying probably a lot of cash on you at the time, so, it was the risk that I was willing to take because as I was saying before, bring those little locks. So no one ever gets into your bag. So like, you know, yeah, I think that in the end though, that's a good, that's a good plan. And I never, I always had my wallet like with me. And also if I was going out at night, I would put, I would put some money, some currency in like a, a pocket of my suitcase at my hostel and here's the thing here's the thing you need to socialize with your your hostel people you know you need to like have a good rapport with them make sure that you know you trust them and you know I stayed in co-ed hostels and I also stayed in um 
just female hostels and you know honestly I didn't find a preference either way I made friends in both um things but I mean I will say like uh you know you may encounter situations like where you're changing in front of people like that you don't really know you know and I guess for me I never really I don't know I have been changing in like changing rooms at like backstage of high school productions and college yeah that's productions. what I was gonna say I was like I never cared either and like I've stayed in co-ed yeah. hostels too and it's I mean, obviously, I'm not, like, trying to make other people uncomfortable, but it's, like, yeah, I've changed in random places in different productions and shows that I've been in, so, but obviously, there's, like, bathrooms. It's not, like, (laughs) people have never been in a hostel. It is, can be kind of intimidating for this first time Mm -hmm. um, to do it, just because it's kind of, you're, like, I'm with a bunch of strangers, like, four bunk beds or more in a room. But it's really not that bad. Everyone there is also, like, a traveler. It's, like, the same mindset. You get along with, a like, almost yeah. everybody super easily. Make friends really quick. So I, I love a good hostel. <laughs> I love a good and hostel. And Europe has amazing ones. Oh, my God. Absolutely like, some amazing. some of them are insane. <laughs> like, they're insane. I'm like, can I live here forever? Seriously? Yeah, like, like, so nice. You're, like, the common areas. You're like, what is this? <laughs> I know. And it's just... Uh, they're amazing and I never had any experience that I was like oh this is weird or mm-hmm. whatever I mean I will say like <laughs> your first day if you're traveling a, a long distance you might have some serious jet lag and like just just roll with it like you're you might be tired and cranky and like re- regretting all of your decisions but like believe me it will pay off like I kind of freaked out my first night I was like what have I done what the hell am I doing like this I'm in way over my head um oh this is just another thing that I I did think about if so I didn't buy any kind of like cell service plans like people can I was like I am not wasting my money this sounds off like I know and in fact I was kind of you know running from my life so I was like I don't want anyone to contact Mm me um so yeah so I will say though if you decide not to purchase a cell plan or whatever through your cell provider then when you are going out make sure you leave your google maps up and make sure it's loaded because what you can actually do this is a little hack is the map will still be active and it will still be tracking your location. So if you get lost, you don't actually need Wi-Fi to try to figure out your way back. It's more that you're kind of looking at the map and following your own steps. Mm-hmm. So that saved me so many times. Like I didn't know that. So I got to keep it. I probably have done it like without <laughs> thinking about it, left my map mm-hmm. open and that's probably like <laughs> well, I was like wow this is working so good <laughs> yeah but also talking about um any type of like cell service depending on your provider like I know I have T-Mobile that we got mm-hmm. because um it we can get cell service when we're in Romania that's where my family that's like where my family's from right so 
and it worked fine in Mexico. T-Mobile, like, has a bunch of countries, so I don't know if all plans have, like, a set of countries that they work in, but you have, like, the basic cell service, and then also WhatsApp. It uses Wi-Fi to text your, your fam, or, mm-hmm. like, iMessage, iPhone will do that too, right? Yeah. So there are options, and you don't need to get a um, cell plan, but in some countries, it probably would be beneficial. Yeah. But, you know, so just, like, people do your research if you're going into it for a specific, because every country, every plan, every person is different. But, yeah, totally doable if you just have Wi-Fi. And also, remember, people used to travel without phones. <laughs> I think yes. about that all the time. Yes. So, like, screenshot everything. That's what I do when I'm traveling. So, screenshot all the maps yep. so that if you lose service or whatever, you have, like, a actual, like, a copy Mm-hmm. Um, or go old school. Buy buy a paper map if you want. If you want to do that, like yeah, it's possible. But it's having a phone is a good crutch, especially if you're solo. So mm-hmm. yeah, definitely. And yeah, in fact, like I, I mean, I didn't really read the book. I'm gonna confess, but I did skim it. I bought this book called Guide to Europe on a Budget by James Fees. And I, like, kind of scanned it and just kind of copied what other people did. So definitely do your research. There's another – ah, now I don't remember what it's called. I wish I would have looked it up. But I think it's, like, how to – it's, like, called, like, how to travel for under $50 a day or $10 a day or something – I don't remember what it is, but I will, if I remember, I'll I'll edit it in and I'll look it up. But um, that also, I think that's where I learned about Flixbuses was from that book because the author talked about it and was given all the tips. So, yeah. Did you find that um, you ate out all the time or did your hostels have kitchens and you like would cook to save you some money like because yeah. I know you're doing it on a budget and I also like to travel on a budget and listeners like to travel on a budget yeah. so we're, we're just yeah. figuring it out yeah so I what's awesome about a lot of the European hostels they actually do provide breakfast for you um I know my hostel in Paris had complimentary breakfast and I believe my hostel, yeah, my hostel in Florence did as well. Um, yeah, and so I would really take advantage of that and just kind of eat their food. I'm like, I'm paying to stay here, so, like, okay, what is it, a muffin today? Good, okay, good. <laughs> and, like, actually, you know, the breakfasts were pretty good. I actually have no, I'm not a picky eater. Like, I mean, I'm really just, like, I will eat whatever, like, it's fine. Um, but yeah, so I would, what's really great is like, I think I made some of like the coolest bonds and like friendships while I was there. Like this guy, Aaron and I, like we became really close. And so we would like buy groceries and then come back and cook and like cook for the other people who were there. And like, we'd all just like split meals. Um, and that was really cool. Um, I would, try I what I would do is I would try to have two meals like that either I cooked or got from the hostel um a day and then I had one meal that I would eat like out um because also like I want to try these Mm -hmm. foods like I mean I I want to have pasta in Italy like I'm not 
crazy, (laughs) you know, um, and things like that. So yeah. And like I said, like, I, I think I talked about, you know, I, some people would like even take me to dinner. Mm -hmm. Like I thought it was really sweet of like, you know, I'd meet people at tourist attractions or free tourist attractions and like talk to them. And, you know, if they're traveling with their family, they'd be like, well, why don't you just come to dinner? You're like this girl out here by yourself. Like, would you like a meal? And I would be like, I'm not in a position to say no. So and also, yeah, like hang out with locals or other travelers. Like it's always, yeah, it's super nice. You don't want to be alone the whole time that you're traveling. That's no fun. Yeah, I know. So like I was very mindful about that and would try to buy groceries and like things that you know, were not, I didn't, I think I had the most expensive meal I had was in Paris because I had the hardest time eating there because they don't, they don't eat like we do over there. Everything is such like small portions and things like that. Or yeah. So I think I spent a lot of money on a a meal that I didn't really like. So, <laughs> you know, yeah, yeah, and then, but you know, it all we'll kind learn. of evens out in the end if you're mindful of and like, especially if you're like, I only have a certain amount of money. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Spend, yeah. Yeah. So I, I, um, you know, I tried to keep, you know, and I, I told Christine before we started this, I was like, you know, I wish that I had the numbers of like how much I spent, but it was like three years ago and I'm like. I have no clue. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, so like, and also every person is different, so it's kind of hard, but I do like to kind of gauge, I just like, how much were your, how much was your place to stay, or, you know, like, flight, yeah. those usually stay pretty much the same. Yeah, I would say, like, I did not spend, or I tried not to spend more than, like, 60 euros on a hostel a night. I was actually able to find, like, really good deals um yeah and some of them yeah some some of them were really like were worth it because at the end of the day you're paying for like a free meal and even sometimes at the hostels now that I'm remembering like they would make family meals so like they would actually make a whole meal and you would have dinner too like it was just kind of a big thing and yeah I actually got a lot of free food. <laughs> now that Good. I'm yeah. Benefits of hostels or yeah. shared Airbnbs too as well. Similar if you have like um staying in a multi-room Airbnb with randos. <laughs> yeah, I've never I know I've never done that before. That would be cool too. Yeah, it's similar. It's similar to but I think usually if it's longer term, so if you're like going to stay for a couple weeks um a lot of people will do like an airbnb but it's still like it's like a four-bedroom apartment and all of the rooms are filled with travelers you know so yeah. I think it's just a different um different vibe but it's still travel-minded a lot of times yeah okay so do we want to just talk about London a little bit like the, the sure. things like do you have some stories to tell things to do things not yeah. to do <laughs> yeah so I mean I guess like I, um, yeah, in London, I was like, this was my first place that I went. So I was a little like, I was a little hesitant, you know, I didn't go, I didn't do any nightlife or anything in London, really. Um, but 
So I did go, actually, I, that's, that's not true. I went to this amazing, amazing, um, lesbian bar called she in London. It's like the best place I'm plugging it so much because it's just fantastic. And like, Oh, such a good time. I've been with my straight friends and they love it too. Like, it's just like a big, it's a, it's a great club. I'm excited to go. I've not been to London and I'll, I'll put that on my list. That's the best thing about this podcast, honestly, is people yeah. are like giving me the things to do. They're planning out my future travels for me without even knowing it. And I no, accept. because like, actually, I mean, London has an amazing like gay bar scene and gay club scene, but what's great about she is that people don't really know about it and it's still super like it's pretty underground in terms I mean it's not like underground but it's still pretty like locals and stuff like that um so yeah I did go there and um yeah and I mean just like while I was traveling solo I just really kept you know kept an eye on like how much alcohol if I was consuming any alcohol like I would cap it at like one drink like I was being very you know conservative because I thought you know if something were to happen like that's not worth it you know what I mean and also the next day you don't want to be like absolutely sick and ruin a whole day because time is of the essence (laughs) exactly like Mm -hmm. I mean I was a woman on a mission I was like if I'm going out I'm only staying for a little bit and it's really just to see you know it's just to see like okay how do how do people like go out over here like what's what's the difference you know um and and then I would get up super early and you know start the the tourist stuff like at like 8 30 like I'm like nope we're going like (laughs) so yeah so London was super fun and it's a really I I've been back to London since then I went and stayed for two months um last summer no I'm sorry Haha, <laughs> 2019, whatever that was. <laughs> <laughs> we yeah. all doing it. Yeah, so I I loved London so much that I went back and stayed for two months and studied at the Royal Academy of Dramatic Arts. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I absolutely love London. So go there. Just go there <laughs> and do all the things and, like, you'll, you're going to love it. Um, so then after that, I went to Paris and I, I will say that Paris was the hardest place I went. And the reason it, it was the language barrier. Mm. Like I, I know no French. I had no idea, you know, and, you know, a lot of French people that I interacted with were kind of unwilling to speak English or didn't want to speak English and you know that's just kind of something that like obviously rightfully so like I'm in your country what like you can like don't speak English just to like please me you know I'm over here I'm invading your space (laughs) so I think like keeping keeping your own perspective of like it, it might be difficult to like go places or interact with people and like that's okay you know just like keep going and it's fine and if people think you're rude or because of a miscommunication or a misunderstanding like that's gonna happen you know um especially with like a language barrier like that um 
and it just made me realize like why why do we not teach languages more and like why do we not value that in America it's such a it's such an egotistical point of view that we've we've created I think seriously every podcast guest that I've had has brought up the same point because if you've gone outside of a country that speaks English and you've had to experience different language they all like speak different languages first off and you're like America um but also you're like this is a whole like different world that I can't fully partake in because the edu- language education is pretty trash in America. You know they're like, oh, you have to take point two seconds of Spanish, and you're like, that benefits nothing. Yeah, right. so I, everyone has said that they're like, mm-hmm. language is super important. Um, with that being said, did you like download an app or something, or did you have like a dictionary, or you just kind of struggled through? <laughs> I honestly, I was so new to traveling and so just new to everything that I, I just struggled my way through it. Like I really did. I was like, I don't know. I had taken, I taken like quite a few years of Spanish. So I was not really worried about going to Italy in terms of the fact that like I could make out kind of what people were saying. Yeah. You're like, I know the Latin base. (laughs) Hopefully. (laughs) Yeah. So I mean, I had just, like, I genuinely knew nothing about French, like, whatsoever. So, um, so that was a little bit, that, that was harder for me to kind of, to navigate. Um, but, like, all that aside, like, okay, you know, it was amazing. Like, Paris is amazing. Um, if you are in Paris, you have to take the train to Versailles and you have to see Versailles. I mean, it is just as messed up as it all is. Like it's, it's a beautiful, beautiful building and the architecture, like the architecture in Paris is just unbelievable. Um, and actually like, is so crazy. I got to see Notre Dame before it like totally burned yeah that's true you were in fear for it wow yeah and you know I think that like it's it's just so interesting because like I didn't know why I was taking this trip like I did not I had never expressed any interest in traveling before I had not it was something that was like so deep within me that I was like I have to do this like this is if I don't do this right now then I never will do it and then who would have thought three years later we have a pandemic that literally shuts down the entire world like and I mean I am like you're amazing for traveling like that that is amazing like I'm in my house like I'm barricaded in my house like so I mean I think like also that's just just to say like if you have that desire to travel in you and you're listening to the podcast like no one is going to make that choice for you. And people are going to say, like, what are you doing? What about your career? Okay, no, none of that's real. Like, you know, go do what you want to do and see the things you want to see because, like, we're just on a rock, y'all. Like, we're on a rock. Yeah, also, I'm pretty sure you should all be adding – um, your travel experiences to your resumes. (laughs) Um, Yes. Put that down. Put that, you, like – 
put it, I don't even know, there's, I know I read an article one time that was like, how to put your backpacking trip on your resume or something like that, because you should be adding it. That is a cultural experience that, that you have that could benefit you in so many different jobs as well. So, we'll get, you know, like, I, I, I talk about how important travel is, um, and that's the whole point, so don't let, you know, this, your five-year plan, your 10-year plan be so structurally, like, binding or whatever, so it doesn't allow you to experience anything that you truly want to, like you said, like, deep down inside of you, you didn't even know, but you probably were like, I can't do it because I have to blah, 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 you know? Yeah, and I just think, think, I think of all the excuses I could have made, and in that moment, I decided not to make excuses, and I, like, it, to this day, like, it's, it's the best thing that I've ever done, like, it's, I'm, and I want to do more of it, and I actually, like, it sparked this, like, whole new path for me, I actually traveled, I've traveled a lot since then, and done a lot of, like, this year, I did a lot of, um, road tripping across the country and seeing the west I'd never really been to Arizona or New Mexico and just exploring different parts of um the states as well so yeah and it it's just an invaluable experience you know to I think like in terms of perspective like you just garner so much appreciation for other countries and other cultures and you realize that America, if you, you know, are from America, is, like, not the only place in the world, which is what we are unfortunately taught here. Which, yeah, you said a good point. Not all of my listeners are from the U.S. I just, I think that, um, (laughs) like, I'm sure, like, all my European listeners are like, girl, we know, (laughs) like, we know, like, the importance of travel, but, yeah, so... That's a good point, too. Yeah, I was <laughs> Shout say, out to I my listeners them. that are not in the U.S. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But like you were saying, I definitely, like, it, it's kind of weird because I was kind of, like, oh, embarrassed to say that I was from America. Like, I would kind of get, like, nervous because at the time, I mean, it was just so, like, Donald Trump this, Donald Trump that, whatever. Yes, yeah. And then, you know, people look at you funny, like, and I'm like, no, no, like, this is not, I don't know anything about this. Yeah. Like, I don't know who this person is. I don't know what they're doing. You know? I think it also, it's like, I don't know, at least recently, I guess right before um, Biden took office, uh-huh. a lot of people, it was just more of like a fascination. I think earlier on, it was like, what the heck? I can't believe. And they just assumed that you were like, the views of Trump were your views, which not, I mean, to each their own, but that was, like, the assumption early on, and then recently, people are more like, what do you think of him, is, like, the, the kind of had a switch, yeah, um, the more that he was in office, and the more that people learned about, like, everything in America, it did change, and it will always, you know, but I think because America's always in such the spotlight, it is, it's, like, a topic of fascination for a lot of people, yeah. but that's interesting that you kind of were, like, <laughs> yeah, embarrassed I, yeah, because it was, I mean, I guess earlier on, and so people did, like, you know, ask me, and, ugh, 
Anyways, okay, I guess you can tell my political yeah, yeah. on the podcast. <laughs> Sorry, Sorry, you guys. it's all right, it's all right. <laughs> um, but yeah, so Paris was awesome. Um, definitely go to the Louvre. I, I also studied art history in college as well, so I would I kind of branded this as my study abroad, <laughs> my solo <laughs> study abroad, <laughs> because um, my school didn't really offer like study abroad stuff so I was like okay screw that I'm gonna go by myself mm-hmm. um so yeah go to the Louvre what was um I'm I'm an artist and I love art history as well so I'm, I'm yeah. looking there um what was like the painting that was there that because I know they changed certain things or you know one that sticks in your head still <laughs> yeah I mean or not necessarily painting artwork I should say Pardon. yeah like obviously I mean, this is, like, the Mona Lisa is really cool. Like, it's really cool to see. Some people are like, not worth it for the Mona Lisa. They kill me. They kill me. They're so crazy. I'm like, you guys are so crazy. Like, (laughs) I love this debate because it was everything I wanted and more. And I think, like, I understand where people are coming from with being, like, it's not worth it. No, it is worth it. I think it is so cool. It is so cool. And, like... I think people are shocked by the size is one of the things. Right. It's like, how big do you think the Mona Lisa is? I don't know. But, yeah, the last couple of people that I know that went to the Louvre, Mm -hmm. they were like, no, don't. Don't even. It's, like, not even worth it. I'm like, oh, my gosh. (laughs) I can't relate. I idolize Leonardo da Vinci. Like, Like, yeah. So. Me too. And make your own decision. Let me know if you think the Mona Lisa is worth it or not. If you go and see it in yeah. person. <laughs> so I so think it's everybody. like such a it's a big like traveling debate. It's yeah. like if you see it, like do you like it? Like is it, you know? <laughs> yeah. Um, oh my gosh. I loved Chartres Cathedral. I'm pronouncing everything wrong, I know. But like <laughs> it's I'm so I'm not gonna try because it'll just be even worse. So <laughs> Um, yeah, that was probably my favorite, my favorite thing. Um, I love just being outdoors in Paris. Mm -hmm. I don't really know what it, what it is about being outside and walking around the streets and, and looking at the architecture. But I think, you know, that was definitely like what I loved. I, I was really like impressed with the architecture at Versailles, um, and I loved the train ride out there. They have these like crazy multicolored seats that are just like very art deco-y kind of fun. Um, had a blast with those. <laughs> um, yeah, so Paris was really great. And then after Paris, I went to I went to Florence. Um, and that was probably the place I was looking forward to going the most. Um, just because I'm I'm one eighth Italian, and so I was just like, yay. part of your heart. Part of your heart is it? Yeah. Yeah. I was like, yay! So, um, yeah. I mean, Florence is so cool. Just like the the sun sets in Florence were just unbelievable, and seeing the David was that was incredible, and all of the. Um, Gosh, I'm blanking. What were the, what are the cathedrals like? 
what like are they the Sistine Chapel are you thinking of? no 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 so I didn't get to I didn't get to see the Sistine Chapel because that's in Rome yeah but <laughs> the other anyways there, there's tons of of cathedrals and things like that if you're yeah. looking if, if you're into to stuff like that and um also I'm forgetting the name of the Uffizi the Uffizi gallery that's like uh you have to go there if you're in Florence um and I have my friend I recorded an earlier episode and she talks about Florence as well so maybe she'll she'll combine it okay so you'll get the full picture of Florence for people listening if you if you're interested in um Florence, yeah. Yeah, cool. Florence was really awesome, and um, it was so funny. I tried to order an iced coffee. It didn't go well. I was like, they didn't know what I was talking about, and also, they don't have iced coffee over there, you know? Like, I, it's, it's so funny. You, like, you get things in your head that, like, oh, these things are going to be everywhere. No! It's just in New York City. Like, <laughs> I don't even think I knew what... I mean, I knew what iced coffee was before, but, like, you know, like... I wonder now, like, what is the history of iced coffee? Because I don't... I'm, I, like, am a coffee, like, um... I don't want to say connoisseur, because I'm not, but I'm just, like, a... Like, I drink black coffee, like, espresso is, like, the way to go. So I'm very, like, Italian-minded in that way. But I yeah. don't drink iced coffee, really, unless it's, like, super... Like, it's, like, a dessert drink. But yes. I, now I'm curious, because I didn't know, actually, that it was, like not really a thing you would think that it's kind of been modernized and it's they have it in London now um like but that's kind of the only place I've been able to like find iced coffee or whatever um so if you only drink iced coffee people (laughs) um, you have to change and you need like an iced coffee every morning start drinking it hot (laughs) change it up before you're yeah um so then after Florence, I went to, I went to Venice for a day trip. And that was, again, like, I, I think that there was some sort of, like, supernatural timing with everything because, like, it, the water was down and it wasn't, like, completely flooded like it has been for the past two years or so. I mean, like, I think, it like, the big flooding happened, like, right after I left, And, um, you know, I got to see Venice and gosh, they just have amazing, amazing art there. Like the Venice biennial, like is amazing and like super cool if you can go during that time and see some of the exhibits and, and yeah, I mean, plan the galleries that you want to go to like in advance that's what I did like if there were galleries and things that I wanted to see I would make sure they were open because sometimes you know things will just be closed for whatever reason or you know just make sure you're double checking like that things are open because definitely things have been like were closed when I thought they were open um and also with different countries celebrating different um, holidays or different religious holidays and things like that. So, yeah. Yes. Planning. I've noticed just recently in Mexico, too, it would be, like, a random holiday and, like, things were closed or something like that. Um, so keep that in mind. <laughs> yeah. And, um, yeah, so, the you know, Venice was beautiful and the canals and everything. 
Um, then after that, I went to Berlin, which was probably one of my favorite places I went. Um, I, I mean, I just like, I'm a really artsy person. I love like going to coffee shops and cafes and things like that. And Berlin has so much history, um, in terms of just like cafe culture in general. And, um, yeah, freaking awesome. Like Berlin is great. Um, and everybody's going to tell you that, like, so just go. I know I have some German listeners too, so shout out to you guys. Shout out. I, I, I so I, Berlin, or Germany in general, I, like, really want to go there for a lot of different reasons, but also, like, I want to live out my cabaret musical dreams. Yes! Oh my gosh, yes! So I, yeah, so I'm definitely, definitely have that on my list. Yeah, and so... I really enjoyed Berlin, and I I met some, like, really, really, really great people while I was there Um, in terms of, like, just, you know, meeting German people and, like, talking to them. And, like, also, you know, I think I was kind of going to talk about how, like, if you're into the club scene and, like, I didn't really know, like, okay – I was 20 at the time, so, like, I was still a little babe. Like, I was a baby, you know? Can't really club in the U.S., yeah. Right, so you can't really club in the U.S., and, like, I'm out here, like, whoa, this must be, like, so cool, like, and it's just so funny, like, American, American, like, club life is just a co- comedic at this point to me, because, like, <laughs> like I, I don't know, it's so silly, it's just so silly, because, um... Yeah, yeah, it's just completely different in in Germany and in Berlin specifically that I found, you know, people don't, you know, don't get all dressed up to go to the club, which I found fantastic because I'm not the kind of person who likes to get dressed up and I'm not the kind of person that likes to make a big fluff, okay? Um, Plus you had, like, four shirts. (laughs) Like, we talked about it earlier. (laughs) Exactly. I was like, oh, this is amazing. I can wear my black t-shirt and my hiking boots to the club and no one will care? Like, okay, cool. Like, (laughs) that's great. Um, Yeah, so I – it was very cool. I got to go to um, one of the, like, underground – um, techno clubs and just kind of experience that and um, you know I will say like I mean I can only speak as an American because I'm you know I'm from America but like if you are an American like I think really check yourself before you like start going out and stuff like don't don't be loud don't be obnoxious like really just I, and I think, like, just just be, like, a normal person. I think that, unfortunately, because, like, it's very – it's not as common for, like, Americans to be solo backpacking and solo traveling that, like, sometimes people can come – like, sometimes other Americans can come across as really just a pain in the ass – for other people in other countries and, 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 and in their cultures. And it's just like, I can't stress enough, just like humbling yourself and like really just going with the flow. And like, I mean, 
these people who are listening to your podcast like probably don't need to hear this because (laughs) like they already travel and they know all of this but like I just you know I remember an incident in Berlin actually where I was with another American girl that I had just met like I didn't even know her and you know she just started being really rude to our German friends like and saying all of these things that were like just so like so entitled in her behavior and I ended up having to be like I'm not gonna hang out with you like I we're in a different country like you might be an American but like I'm I'm not whatever you're saying I'm not participating in and I'm not gonna have it like and yeah, you, can't if you have, have this mentality that like America's the best country and stuff like that like that's super insulting first of all it's not true right. but also like you're going to some other's country or you're hanging out mm. with people who are spending their time with you so yeah. definitely watch yourself if that if you have that mentality <laughs> check yourself right and I'm like I don't know how I'm encountering encountering these people who are supposed to be traveling because it's like the whole point is to travel and like experience new cultures, but sometimes people, I don't know. Anyways, <laughs> that's my drama in Berlin. Okay. That's- is there, you know, are there any secret trip of t- uh, secret tips to get into these clubs or is I it mean, just kind of, <laughs> I will, I mean, I'll say like, I guess really just kind of, go with the flow if you can learn a little bit of German in order to like approach um you know the bouncers at the club definitely do that and make sure that you know you know there's kind of an unspoken thing that they don't really want Americans in the underground clubs because they don't want it to be touristy right they don't want it to get touristy they don't want it to get um you know they don't want it to get touristy so you know don't be a tourist like I guess my rule of thumb is just you know go with the flow like if you're hanging out with a group of people um also keep in mind I should say this this is very different so you know you might not be going to the club until like two three maybe four in the morning in Berlin different hours different hours of operation um you know, than maybe what you're used to. Um, Basically, most like, commonly what I've seen is that, you know, you go to outdoor hangouts or bars before up until probably like two o'clock. And then you make the decision of whether you want to go clubbing or or whatever after that. But it's a whole, it's a nightly affair. Like when I went out in Berlin, I stayed up till 730 in the morning. Like I was, I was in the club until 7.30 and I walked out and the sun was rising. And that is, it's a beautiful experience. Like, if you can do that and you can, you know, stay awake that long, you know, that was great. Like, I I ended up drinking, drinking like, a yerba mata tea or something, like, all night to just kind of keep me awake. But I just wanted to, you know, do, do it and say mm-hmm. that I did. And um, it was a very, very cool experience. And luckily I was with some really 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 great people who um 
who wanted to take me to the club and like kind of show me around like German locals that were were yeah yeah so maybe that's the trick you have to find yourself some Germans before you try to go to the the underground clubs you really do because I would not flirt with some I'm just kidding (laughs) just get some friends (laughs) get some friends (laughs) friends flirt if you have to a little bit yeah (laughs) yeah definitely um get in with some Germans before going into a club <laughs> did you find words um like not necessarily just in Germany but yeah in all of the places was it kind of hard to make friends with locals or like if like how did you go about making friends with them yeah so I um in Germany I found it really easy to make to make friends um and I think that's just, like, an energy kind of thing. Like, people are very, like, used to travelers in Berlin and, like, new people. So, um, yeah, I I just kind of – I mean, it, I, most of my conversations would start out really awkward with people um, because I, I didn't know much German, you know. And I think, like, trying, like, the language a little bit it goes a long way with people and I think it's kind of a sign of respect to to at least attempt to communicate in their native language um I think that's I so I tried to do that a little bit and I tried to do that in France it just didn't go as well so (laughs) just after a while you just get you're like I'm just gonna not say anything and then just (laughs) keep going (laughs) um so but yeah, definitely try to do that and then just kind of make a conversation. I mean, a lot of the people that I ended up meeting, they spoke really amazing English. So it we just started kind of talking in English because it was, I mean, as we stated, like, I, I'm not going to get to proficient German overnight, so. Yeah, but they all, I'm pretty sure, like, they teach them English from oh, yeah. a young age. Um, yep. So they're better than we are at <laughs> English. They are like perfect. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I mean, again, like my traveling experiences, be- because I know English, were very were relatively easy. I mean, because mm-hmm. everybody knows English over there. Um, I was, you know, I was the odd man out in the sense that like I didn't know another language. Um, yeah, and so after, yeah, in Berlin, definitely do all of the historical, I mean, you can't do all of the historical stuff in one. But just, yeah, make a note to do it, some of it, and yeah, yeah. very important. And, you know, it, yeah, just do do as much as you can and as much as you feel comfortable with. It's, it's a, it is not a pretty history, um, and just take your time if you can just um when going to those sites and and things like that um yeah so after berlin where did i go after that oh yeah and i also always i like because the nightlife and the stuff and the cafe culture is so fun in berlin i i was joking that it was kind of my vacation from vacation because (laughs) i had gotten so like I was so regimented in London and Paris and I was like, you got to go see this, 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 and, and make sure you do this and this and this. And then by the time I got to Berlin, I was just, I was exhausted. I was not 
I was like, oh my God, I've got to just chill. So, you know, make sure if you are doing a, a very intense month, like solo backpacking trip that you plan to like have a couple of days where you just kind of vibe, like don't put pressure on yourself because you won't be able to sustain it. You really won't. Yeah, and then you won't enjoy it for like the, you know, second half of your trip or whatever it is. You never took a break. And you're mm-hmm. like, oh, I guess I have to go to this museum because I put it on my yeah. schedule and you don't enjoy it. So, yeah, I agree. Like, don't be afraid to take a breather and just, you know, yeah. even if that means staying in like your hotel, Airbnb, hostel, wherever you're staying and just like... Mm-hmm chilling for a day that makes all the difference (laughs) yeah I know so after Berlin I went to Amsterdam and I loved Amsterdam I thought it was very very fun I will say I will say it is so touristy it it's gotten people know it's cool they want to go so you're gonna encounter a lot of a lot of people um it's just a very busy place um, yeah, definitely, um, a museum I recommend is the Foam Photography Museum in Amsterdam. It's probably one of my favorite museums I've ever been to, actually, because it is so eclectic and super cool, and they, they feature a lot of international artists from all different places, and their main focus is photography, but they do other things as well, um, and super cool uh what else did I do in Amsterdam (laughs) is the Van Gogh Museum in Denmark somewhere or is it in the Netherlands and I don't that's where it is yeah no you're right yeah (laughs) okay I have a friend who's there for school and he's like you gotta go see it you have to go see it yes that is oh my gosh it (laughs) I I personally love Van Gogh so much and I I don't even know what it is I have this like oh have you, okay, sidetracking yes. just real quick about Van Gogh, have you been to one of the live um, interactive Van Gogh museums? Do you know what I'm talking about? It's in Chicago right now. I believe Wait, it's in okay, Chicago. what? It's like, I went to it in Mexico City when I was there the first time. It They like set up in a space and it's all of his artwork and his life story and it's all projected. So you are part of it. Like I have chills talking about it and there's beautiful music playing in the background. It's insane like I cried it was so oh crazy. my god I think it's coming to New York later but I don't know when or maybe it's already been there but I think it's in Chicago because my friend was just there so definitely look into that all the listeners oh, but also yeah. Darby because <laughs> I like that. Um, I because it was seriously so amazing and I'm so excited to go do it again because it's it's in a new space every time and plus, I was reading all of the captions in Spanish, so <laughs> I might have missed some things, so I need to read it. Yeah, it was oh. so amazing, so gorgeous. Oh, my God. Yeah, so, I mean, I I loved the Van Gogh Museum. That was, it was so cool. And, you know, you get to see some of his earlier works, like the Potato Eaters, <laughs> which is my favorite. I just love it. It's just, oh, God. And so, yeah, I mean... I did that. Yes. I, I mean, I like, I packed so much into these days that like, I'm so glad we're talking about this because I'm having memories that I, yeah. I had even buried, you know, in my head that and I, then like, you'll have this too in the future. <laughs> and you'll be yeah. Like, yeah. We're keeping those like, memories. Yeah. Look, I did that for 
for a reason, you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so Amsterdam was really cool. Make sure you are literally looking left, right, up, down to make sure you don't get hit by someone on a bike. Like, it, just they can come out of nowhere. Like, and that's like a huge biking city. Like, everybody bikes there, right? Everyone bikes there. Everyone bikes there. In Amsterdam, I actually had this really amazing thing happen where I met a Swedish orchestra. And as I stated before, I'm an actor. So I, you know, I told them I was an actor and they had this performance that they were going to do. And, you know, I, I somehow they wrapped me into announcing them at their performance (laughs) and so I I ended up getting on their tour bus their like bus with them and then we went out to the um windmills because I I, and it was interesting because I wanted to see the windmills too but I ended up going there in order to like announce them on a like a megaphone that they were going to be performing so Got a little gig over there. <laughs> like, yeah, so, you know. Um, do you put no, that on so, your resumes? Like, what's the deal? <laughs> I should, yeah, I don't know. I mean, like, wasn't it was announcer. pretty low-key, but, <laughs> but it was very funny and just fun. Like, um, yeah, just, I mean, I think, like, going with the flow. And then after Amsterdam, I went back to London, and this was like probably one of the craziest moments in my life because I was getting ready to go back on this plane to go home. And I like did not want to go home. Like, Oh, I was just having the best time. You know what I mean? And I, I remember like walking about to board the plane and I was just like, like my whole body like took, took myself back and was like, don't do it. Like, don't go. (laughs) And I was like, the the little person on your shoulder. (laughs) Yeah. It was like, don't. And I was like, Oh God, I, okay, sure. Yeah. (laughs) I was like, yeah, I mean, and so I got on the plane and, and went home and like, it was fine, but I, yeah, like I did not want to leave. Yeah, it's, I think it's like, I don't know, sometimes I tell people it's like, I have unfinished business. (laughs) That's like what it feels like when you leave. That's how I felt leaving Mexico the first time. I was like, I was there for two months at this point. Like, I was there for a long time, too. Yeah. But I didn't want to go. I was, like, the last week before I went, I was talking about canceling my flight, changing my flight. I was like, maybe I should stay. It's like, I don't have a lot of money, but, like, I need, like, I just couldn't. You know, and that's one of the hardest things about traveling because part of you is like, what if I never get to come back, you know, but like I went back to Mexico, you went back to London, so not that that should deter anyone, but that is part of it that I think everyone really feels like you can't prepare for that because part of you is like, maybe I belong here, maybe I need to just be here for longer, (laughs) so I totally feel that, feel that. Yeah, it's definitely a weird sensation because you begin to, like, realize that home to you might not be where you're from. It might not, you know, it, it, it's a, it's a really cool experience because it, and it also allowed, it allowed, I think it, what it did 
is it allowed me to just like, you know, I, I'm not trying to come on here and like shit talk America. That, that's not what I'm trying to do. Um, and I hope I, I'm not, you know, I just, I think that sometimes, you know, I think it gave me a lot of clarity about the things that, you know, we might as a, as a society and, in America might need to work on and change. And I think every day how different we would be if we had a rail system similar to that of Europe, you know, maybe we could love each other a little bit more. Mm. It definitely is perspective. I think that's one of the beauty, beautiful things about traveling to different countries yeah. is you kind of like you have to pop this bubble that you have about yourself and whether that be speaking English you're not able to speak this language and like struggling through that but also like holy shit there's people out there who speak a different language like some people like don't have never really yeah. had that experience like to be completely engulfed in French or Spanish mm-hmm. or whatever and it can be jarring it definitely mm-hmm. can luckily like for me, my parents are immigrants in this country, so I, you know, I've always heard different languages, and I've always loved wow. it, but there are tons of people who are, like, not even wanting to, they're like, no, you're in America, like, don't speak different languages, and, well, oof, that's really building hatred upon hatred, and it's so terrible. It's so terrible, and so, I, I mean, I mentioned earlier that I'm one-eighth Italian, or and my grandmother, so her father was fully Italian and spoke completely fluent Italian, German, French. Mm-hmm. This was back in like 1932, 40, you know what I mean? Like my grandmother just turned 89. Um, and he did not teach her those languages because her mother was American. And he, he, his rationale was that he didn't want, he didn't want the kids to be able to talk about the mother behind their back. Hmm. Isn't that ridiculous? Yeah, that's, it's just so unfortunate that people do think that that's like, I seriously, like, I am so thankful to, you know, know the languages that I do, even if they're. I think that's another thing. Some people are scared that they shouldn't learn a language because it's going to take them so long to be fluent. Yes. And that's, like, this fear that it's like, well, I'm not going to study Spanish because it's going to take me years to be fluent, and it's like, I'm never going to be fluent, so why speak if I'm not fluent? You know, like, you don't have to be perfect. I right. spent a lot of time in, in I was about to say Spain, <laughs> in <laughs> Mexico, and my dad speaks Spanish as well, and I am not fluent. But I can have conversations and get by and communicate with people. And even though I'll mess things up or ask questions, that's a beautiful way. Like, when I was at the market and I would talk about fruits and vegetables, I'll be like, what, like, in Spanish, I'll be like, what is this called again? Or what is this? Or can you tell me the difference between these two fruits? Because they look the same. Like, and then these people, like, love you. (laughs) Yeah. It's seriously, yeah, not to go on a tangent about language, because I think I go on a language tangent in, like, every episode, but just seriously, yeah, like, language is beautiful, all these cultures are so, so beautiful, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I, and I can't, you know, I always think, like, you know, my mother just, like, is so, 
she's still not over the fact that we don't know Italian. You know, she's just so crushed by it. And I mean, I, thankfully we were kind of reconnecting with our family in Italy that are still over there. And, um, you know, they, they've actually asked me to go and spend three months to like help with their English. And I was like, look, if you can help me with Italian, I will help you with English. Like this sounds great. Mm -hmm. So I don't know. I'm saying yes. this on the podcast to hold myself accountable. Yes, yes. <laughs> it is, I mean, like, it is, you can't compare going to a place and being forced to learn this language. Yep. So I'm, I'm kind of similar. So I used to be fluent in Romanian when I was younger, but mm-hmm. after years of not speaking it and my parents learning English kind of at the same time, I yeah. lost a lot of it, of how to speak it. So I need to, like, just go there, not with American-speaking family, Go there with yeah. only Romanian speaking family and be forced to learn it because your brain is working and it's like you're not taking any shortcuts because you can't. You can't. So I'm sure after even three months of being in Italy, like you're going to be like so, I, e- you know, like you're going to yeah. be at a, such a high level of speaking because three months is a long time for you to be speaking to people. I think my aunt. So my aunt and my dad, um, they moved to Spain, uh, you know, back in the day, uh-huh. didn't speak a lick of Spanish, and they lived there for like, I don't remember, like a year or so, but they're completely fluent to this day, and they're like, after a couple months, you pretty much, you're pretty much fluent in the terms of like what wow. you use on the day to day. You know, then it's, like, with more time, you're, like, oh, now I can talk about politics, or now I can talk about, like, other more niche things. Yeah. But to be able to get your groceries and converse and order at a restaurant, yeah, for sure. I believe in you. For sure. We'll, we'll update. <laughs> we'll have an after, after Italy episode held, holding you even more accountable. <laughs> yes, please. Because I've Italy. got to just... I've got to just go and do it. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. And it's always just that that first step, as everyone says. Yes. It's the first step of many, and it leads to many. Yeah. Yeah. So I have some questions, if you of are course. ready for them. Sure. Um, to kind of, like, you know, close down the podcast, because I think we've yeah. been chatting for a while. <laughs> yeah, I know. I They're getting them. longer and longer, my episodes are, which I love, but. Hopefully my listeners love that too. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So what was something that you learned from one of the countries that you were in that you like brought back to the U.S.? So like that could be like literally it could be like a recipe. It could be like a skill. Maybe it's like washing your clothes in the sink. You know, like something like that that came about from this travel that you I'm explaining it a lot. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to think. Um, gosh, it's like so much. I mean, I didn't, I guess I really didn't, I, I haven't mentioned that I also <clears throat> went to Japan mm. afterwards. Um, my aunt is Japanese, and so we stayed with her family and got to do all of that. So Where in I Japan? think like. Um, they live outside of Kyoto. Okay. Yeah. And, um, so, I mean, I guess I would have to, I guess I would have to say, I know with the whole podcast I talked about Europe, but I would have to say that, like, you know, 
I think, like, I learned the most in in Japan, just mm-hmm. in terms of, like, you know, this is, like, very simple, but, like, m- sitting on the floor and, like, using your space. Like, I, I mean, that was just something that I didn't, I knew nothing about. And, like, it, it, it it's just like taught me so much of just like, you don't need a chair. You can sit on the floor. You, you know, if, which I think both of us are sitting on the floor right now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm sitting on a, on a futon. Oh, dang. <laughs> Cross-legged but, similar. <laughs> yeah. You know, so like just being, you, you don't need so much floof in your life. Mm-hmm. Like simplicity is key. And I mean, I think that also like living out of a backpack taught me, that as well just being with yourself and like being with yourself just is enough you know yeah yeah, that's super important and speaking on Japan my last week's episode I think is last week um I talked to my friend and she was in Japan for five years so people who want to five years yeah and I think she said she lived in like a rural area and I think she said it was like two hours outside of Kyoto but okay. I might be totally wrong on that. Wait, I'm not I very... Actually, I think I'm wrong, too. So, we we traveled a lot. We traveled yeah. most of Japan. But I think where um, my family lives is outside of the... Is on the... In the Kyushu region? I don't know if that's... I don't know I don't enough know. about Japan. I'll, I'll be, call upon Anna, our Japan expert. <laughs> That's amazing. That is so cool. Yeah, and that was, uh, like, I had to split that episode in half because we talked for so long. Because, yeah, similar here. It's like you have so much to tell. It's hard to say, like, an hour and cap it. So I just, I don't like doing yeah. that. But for people interested in Japan, listen to that. It was super, wow, like, enlightening, even what she was telling me. I was like, I've learned so much just from her telling me about, you know, what they do different in Japan or, you know, whatever country it will be. Yeah. So I think that's one of the things that Travelize taught me, too, is how to be existing with yourself and just, like, you are the person you need. And I know every time I'm, like, preparing to leave wherever I am or pack up my Mm -hmm. suitcase or backpack, People are like, oh, do you have everything? And I'm always like, I have my passport, and that's all I need. Yep. Like, everything else can kind of be dispensable, I guess, to say. Right, it's like, yes. Yeah, I have clothes, but, you know, the thing that I'm I'm not, like, really attached to anything. Which, may, may that be a good or a bad thing, but it's just so much, like, the things that I want to take home are my memories, and the things that I've learned... And, of course, I need my passport. <laughs> yeah. So, or else you're yeah. not going anywhere. <laughs> I, I agree with you there. Um, what was the hardest part of solo travel for you? In this, just oh. thinking about the Europe trip. Yeah, just the Europe trip. Um, the hardest part. Or some, like, the hardest thing to adjust to or something that okay I'm gonna be honest I think the hardest thing to adjust to was the water mm. and let me explain why so in in different countries there's just different levels of sanitation of the water and actually this is a good like just be mindful of that like I when I went to Italy like I didn't know that you probably shouldn't drink the tap water like I I just did you know what I mean and so I kind of got, I mean, I didn't get really sick, but I was just like kind of 
feeling blah for like a couple of days, but you know, um, yeah. So just finding water, I guess, which is kind of ironic because it's like the most like simple human need. Mm. (laughs) So it was also the most, it was the hardest thing to have go wrong, I guess. Yeah, I, I've said this in earlier episodes, and I'm going to talk about it more, too, and when I um, talk about Mexico, but, yeah, water, tap water is not safe to drink at oh. all, and it's not, yeah. you have to pay for, like, a jug of water and, like, bring it into your house or apartment or anything, mm-hmm. and that definitely is, like, I remember coming back to Michigan where the tap water is fine, yeah. and just, like, <laughs> I had a moment of, like, frightening of like drinking out of what I just pulled out of the sink like oh my gosh because I just hadn't done it for so long right yeah and yeah just look it up be mindful like the internet has so much about every country and water Mm -hmm. and every one of them so unless you want to be sick um, (laughs) look up if water is safe to drink or if you're not sure just buy bottled water yeah I mean unfortunately like with plastic use buy a big bottle but um right (laughs) yeah 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 so that's that's a good point too yeah um what if you only had maybe you already told us the story but if you if someone was like I only have five minutes what is one travel story that you want to tell you're like, just tell me, like, one story. <laughs> like, oh, the so highlight. Gross. Like, just um, real, <laughs> the best thing. <laughs> or the, the worst best, thing. I don't know. Something I think that. one of my best memories, um, I was, I had just seen the David in Florence, and I bought a thing of Italian peches, peaches, that they eat over there, and I sat alone at this like nunnery place that is like a historical landmark Mm -hmm. anyways and I just watched the sunset by myself and I wrote like in my little notes app and I ate a peach and it was like the best it was like the just the best thing ever yeah that sounds oh I love peaches (laughs) like I think there's nothing better than being like outside and eating a peach I don't know super weird yeah (laughs) but it's like you can't eat it inside um yeah oh I yeah I literally just got back from a trip but I'm I'm itching I'm itching to go see something new and experience more stuff and it's so hard right now um because I don't you know I don't want to hop around and put other people at risk so luckily I was able to be in Mexico for such a long time where you're like okay I can do this as safely as as possible right right but oh these stories (laughs) the pros and cons of this podcast (laughs) yeah it just makes you want to go more Yeah, yeah yeah um so what places are on your your bucket list or like the next places that you're gonna go to Oh, that's such a good one. Okay, so I really want to go to Croatia. I have tons of Croatian friends. <laughs> oh my god, this is perfect. I want to go so badly. I just, uh, it's so beautiful. I've seen it's so like many the pictures. Old beach. <laughs> I know. Uh, it's so mm-hmm. nice. So Croatia is definitely like very much goals. Um, and probably. Oh, I really, really, really would like to go to South Korea. Yes. Yes. Do you have a reasoning behind it? Not that you need a reason to travel anywhere, but just, like, you know, a little backstory or something. I I mean, I really, 
I do love to travel for food and like I would love to just like have some authentic Korean food mm-hmm. and like experience that. So I mean, I guess food, but also culture and just to just kind of see what it's like, you know. Are any of these um, plans in the works? <laughs> do you um, have any started? You know... <laughs> I do that all the time. I'll be like, "What's our flights looking like a year from now?" Like just <laughs> yeah. to, to I scratch mean, the travel works. Not in the works as of now. Yeah, it's kind of I, I mean, I love London. I think that there's definitely, like, a life path for me in London. So I want to go back as soon as I possibly can. Um, like, I just feel so at home there. And, but, yeah, so the other places I don't have a, I don't have a plan. But, I mean, I should get one in the works. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I mean. It's it's hard to even know like what's gonna be yeah because um I've said this before in an earlier I mean I probably said it in an earlier podcast I was going to go to Paris and Amsterdam in the fall of twenty twenty or the fall yeah I think twenty (laughs) twenty I don't even remember yeah um I had and I was supposed to go to Thailand like I, I obviously like everybody has these plans and it's coming from a place of privilege to say like damn corona messing up my travel plans totally like I acknowledge that and um like I it's a place of privilege for me to be able to go to Mexico for a couple months and like experience that as well so um yeah just to make a note on that because I don't think I've really said anything so it is it's yeah not to get too much into that spiel because I'm going to talk about it more um in my next episode but or I guess my previous episode, because this is coming after, out after that. Oh, no. <laughs> I messed up my whole timeline. Anyway, in some episodes. <laughs> um, so my question that I'm kind of asking all of my guests is mm-hmm. what your travel philosophy is. Why is it important to see the world? Um, I think that it is so important to see the world for perspective. I think that it humbles you as a person And it really, it teaches you also, it humbles you, but it also teaches you like how profoundly unique you are. Like you are so special. Like every, every single person is so special in the, in the way that they can just exist anywhere. And no matter if it's a, if it's a challenging situation, if it's, an amazing situation it's like the best situation of your dreams like you are you have yourself at the end of the day like I think being I think it is important to travel and I think kind of I mean I guess I'm talking about solo traveling because that's when I've found I found traveling solo the most fulfilling of any kind of travel um because I think that it helps you to form a trust with yourself that you can hold yourself accountable, that you can go do the things that you want to do. You can, you know, take care of yourself. You're not, you know, you are strong. Like it's, it's given me a sense of strength that I think that I was lacking and, you know, still struggle with every single day is like reminding that like you are a boss, like you're a boss, (laughs) like you are. And, and just like, go do it like just go like there's life outside 
you just have to go find it. Like, that's kind of my philosophy. And I know for me, building off of that, um, I was, like, waiting to find someone to travel with because it was always, like, you are young, you are a woman, you shouldn't travel alone, it is so dangerous, and I was waiting, and I, like, wanted, I was, like, where is, where am I gonna find, like, my partner or someone that, like, will want to do the same thing I do Uh so that I can go see the world, and at one point I, I, it was, I found cheap tickets or something, and I asked my friend, and my friend couldn't go, and I was, like, well, I'm going, (laughs) that was, like, the moment, and then from that point on, I'm like, why am I waiting around? If someone is there to go with me, beautiful. But I'm not going to just sit around waiting for something to happen. I'm not going to sit around, like, waiting for this sign that's going to be, like, perfect opportunity. Go right now. Mm -hmm. Um, Because I'm creating the sign for myself (laughs) and just doing it. And every experience that I have is, you know, useful in my future. Whether it be a good experience or a bad experience. Like, that's all part of the experience of life (laughs) so yeah that was you said it beautifully and totally agree with you there um let's see do you have anything else that you want to say oh my gosh not at all I have just (laughs) talked and talked and talked (laughs) oh no okay I think I don't have any more questions um do you have anything you want to shout out yeah, absolutely. Um, follow me on Instagram at Darby Lynn. It's uh, at D-A-R-B-Y-Y-Y underscore L-Y-N-N. And I'm going to put it in the bio for people that cool. want to see it written out. Um, great. I think we have some really good stuff in here. Also a long episode, which is I'll, I'll take it. We sh- we talked about a lot of things, a lot of tips, and I hope that our listeners um, can gain a lot from this because I know that I have. Um, so thank you, Darby, for joining me today. Oh, thank you, Christine. <laughs> and, yeah, maybe we'll have you as a future guest as well and hear some yes. more of your stories, right? <laughs> I would love to. Anytime. <laughs> okay.